Hey y'all, you're listening to Damsels in Detroit, the podcast all about women from the city that are killing it in their industries. I'm your host, Evan Webb. Each week, I invite a damsel to come on and talk with me about their life, careers, and why Detroit girls do it better. Hey y'all, we're back. Another episode of Damsels in Detroit, and this one is actually a redo. (laughs) So what was episode 44 is now episode 46. So let's get started with the bio. I'm sitting here with Heather and Jess from Loud Social. So going to read you guys a little bit about them and we'll get into our questions. So let's go. Loud Social is a digital communications design firm that specializes in community development, social media management, and content creation for cannabis, justice, sustainability, and wellness-focused brands. They are powered by a genuine love and care for their community and center it in everything they produce. Loud Social is co-founded by Heather Carter and Jess Jackson. Heather is the CEO and has an extensive background in public relations and media production and has worked in the cannabis industry internationally. Jess is the COO and offers expertise in design and project management that helps keep processes and structures both efficient and aesthetic. Since its relaunch less than 18 months ago, Loud Social has produced 10 signature events and campaigns with a collective reach of over 100,000, such as Curvy Cannabis, Blazing Silence, The Midpoint Campout, and Queer Expressions. Hello again. Hello. Hello. (laughs) How are you? I'm sleepy. I feel you. <laughs> it's a combination of the heat and the coziness. Mm-hmm. Of the room. But other than that, I'm good. Yay. And you look great. Thank you. Face is beat. Hair is cute. Thank you. Oh, I yeah. wish they can't see me through the... Okay. Kiss me through the phone. Just trust me. Oh. Yeah. Shout out to Soulja Boy. <laughs> Jess, how are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Busy, but well. Yeah. <laughs> Nonstop. Non-stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but hopefully you were able to stop, like, at least yesterday. I did. Okay. Which is why I was delayed today. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Everybody gets delayed sometimes. I personally am always delayed, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I know we already went through all of these things. <laughs> We've given lots of thought. We've given lots of thought. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I'm sure I'll have some additional questions for you earlier today, but... Can you start off by explaining again <laughs> how you all met and started working with each other? We met on social media. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I started teasing. <laughs> like we're telling our love story. <laughs> I mean, it kind of um, is. Yeah. I tell um, it that being a business partner is like being in ma- a marriage. Being <laughs> Our money is tied. Our money yes. is tied. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of money, got check. <laughs> got to go get. Um, we met on. We met on. Well, I found her on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I was. I had just moved back to Detroit, and I. Um, and my birthday was coming up, and I was thinking about possibly just doing like a little welcome back birthday party for myself. You mm-hmm. know, just to meet with people who are in the industry and stuff too. And. Um, I was like Googling, I was going through different hashtags on Instagram. I think this one was like Detroit Weed or Detroit Cannabis. And I saw that she was hosting a Netflix and, was it Netflix and Chill? It was was Netflix and Chill, but it was called something else. It was called Netflix and Chill. It was? But now it's called Podjama. It is called Podjama. I thought it was called something else. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Netflix and Chill. And um, it was on my actual birthday, which happened to be on a Saturday, um, 
that year and I was like, Hey, slid in the DMs and was like, uh, what's mm-hmm. up? You know, this is my birthday. You wanna co collaborate? And then like we met up in person, um, and started talking about the event and like had our laptops out and we were like typing things up mm-hmm. or not. And then um and then yeah, we threw the first thing together and it was just been event after event ever since. Yeah. It was like I remember because Heather has this look about her that is definitely a cannabis influencer. And so <laughs> I like she was from New York and I was just starting to like get into the cannabis scene. Mm-hmm. I start I launched my bud and breakfast in January. January eleventh wow. of twenty nineteen was one. our first booking. Wow. And um then we were just trying this kick kickback thing. Mm-hmm. And then she like messaged us and I remember it because I had a team and I was like this influencer out of New York. She wants to come to our event. She wants it to be her birthday party. I thought it was like this big deal. And now I just like, Heather is my business partner. Yeah. And so I, I, I know way more about her. Mm-hmm. It's just hilarious. Yeah. So like what the attraction was, mm-hmm. like I think that it was the vibe that you were going for, for your welcome back party. Mm-hmm. And so that was an alignment. And then I was looking for someone who had knowledge and experience. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what you were bringing. So it was just a very aligned um opportunity yeah and i was out about it yeah like full on like i smoke weed mm-hmm. this is my life this is what i'm into yeah. like and i'm unapologetic about it mm-hmm. i was out the cannabis causes as we say mm-hmm. i i just want to clarify that i use i lived in new york i'm not from new york i'm from detroit okay how just long so. did you live there uh from 2014 2018 a nice little so, minute. yeah a nice little minute mm-hmm. yeah then i was supposed to come back here and get into the industry out here because mm-hmm. But yeah, New York's cannabis community, shout out to all of our people out there, like so solid. Okay. Yeah, a lot of unity. What would you say you found the major differences to be in the industry from New York to here? Um, The community, just like the inclusiveness. Like, I feel like the community is... um, is stronger out there they band together more Mm -hmm. so i think maybe because also um the people that i were with we're in new york city so like we're obviously going to be together a lot more Mm -hmm. um because you're in the city um but everybody regardless of race or ethnicity like everybody came together to advocate advocate for the plant and then also i had I met people who um, were known nationally. A lot of them were like stationed in New York, okay. you know, um, and or people who knew what they, you know, came from different markets and actually knew like Lulu and Jacoby. Shout out to them. Mm-hmm. Um, they just, you know, they knew the things. They had the resources. They brought them, you know, to New York. So there were a lot of different backgrounds. There were a lot of different people that I was able to connect with, um, and everybody was just hungry. Everybody just wanted, opposed to here. Um, People already got into it kind of early, you know, it's, things a little more spread out. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's sometimes, well, it's kind of like a little crab in the bucket, crab in a bucket barrel mm-hmm. mentality uh, out here. Um, not not much so, uh, uh, not so communal okay. um, as much and, you know, as you as you would hope it to be but that's something that like Jess and I are establishing uh here we're very much communal people but I would definitely say like community is the biggest difference okay out there to here well yeah that makes sense like you guys are doing the work to change that so Mm -hmm. thank you I know sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel like that's also some people that are like from here feel like 
people can be sting- a little stingy sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I guess that just goes throughout industries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, if you look at the history of Detroit, right, like a lot of resources have been taken mm-hmm. and we are often like fighting right. for resources. And so I can understand where the scarcity mindset comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think that we are able to create more abundance when we collaborate, right? Um, when we find alignment and when we recognize that like we're here to contribute to one another and mm-hmm. help each other grow and not just take from each other. Right. Collaborate, not competing. Mm-hmm. Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Collaborate, don't compete, yeah. Yes, please. So, as I mentioned in your bio, Loud Social is a digital communications design firm that specializes in social media management and content creation for cannabis, justice, sustainability, and wellness-focused brands. Remember that, you guys. Um, So, (laughs) can you all talk about some of the brands you've worked with thus far and some projects that you've done with them? So, any ones that, like, stick out to you because you're super proud of them or brands that you pretty much helped build from the ground up (laughs) right (laughs) every single one yeah sorry go ahead i was gonna say i'm my my our our baby our very first one Mm -hmm. i would at national exposure week even though um uh it was different this year but i i felt i feel very very proud to have that as our like our first official official um client Mm -hmm. and uh being a part of uh the the um expansion week like last year um creating these clinics with margo shout out to margo um and helping people like literally change their lives Mm -hmm. like i think that was the most that was fun to me and then watching that platform grow we literally grew that their their following from (laughs) zero (laughs) so yeah that was cool we learned a lot yeah I think National Expungement Week kind of shows the justice side of cannabis, right? Mm-hmm, like yeah. there have been um, literal injustices that our community have faced because of the war on drugs. And so National Expungement Week, I think, gave us a heart, right, like to yeah. what we're doing. And it also helped us think about what equity really looks like and what creating pathways for equity is. And I think that that then gave us opportunity to work with other really powerful and dope um, organizations. I think that... One of my favorite right now is Detroit Narrative Agency, yeah. um, and they build narrative power in Detroit, right? Okay. So they're helping storytellers tell their story through different medias, mm-hmm. um, specifically um, film is, is one of their like primary media platforms. But they are so um, centered and um, just connected to the city mm-hmm. and amplifying stories that you don't always hear. Um, and I don't think we would have been a agency they would want to work with right mm-hmm. like we are, we are primarily in cannabis without us having a background of doing like justice oriented work right um and i think that we've been able to experiment prototype think about like what their brand is with them um and so i, I love that process of just mm-hmm. building out um processes and directions that help people be more efficient and and, and sustainable with their mm-hmm. resources right um so i think that we get to work with a lot of companies that have a lot of heart. Yeah. And I think that that's what makes me very proud about who we work for. Um, because it also allows us to be human. I mm-hmm. think that there's a lot like social media is constant. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, like we post this Thanksgiving thing, you know, like for mm-hmm. five clients, we got Thanksgiving posts that need to go out. And um, we, we still were like, 
we still were able to maintain balance in our mm-hmm. life, you know? Um, so it feels good to work with companies that you believe in. Yeah. I like also, I would say about your Detroit narrative agency, um, the exposure to culture, like the different types of culture within Detroit, mm-hmm. even the ones that you don't even like really consider. Like I just even being from here, I never thought about the indigenous mm-hmm. people that inhabited the, um, this land right. before, um, before, you know, it became America, but like I learned about that, you know, through Detroit narrative agency or the, you know, other cultures, even learning about the term BIPOC. Yeah. I had never heard just Jessica's more injustice before it was more in into justice work before mm-hmm. me and, um, learning a lot of more, a lot more, um, uh, what it was, what it called terminology such as that and how to relate to people from different backgrounds. Um, regardless of just uh ethnicity but mm-hmm. more so even with gender right uh as well um that was like a bit a big learning uh thing for me mm-hmm. and exposure for me by working with them mm-hmm. as well i need uh, to look them up i'm not familiar but this sounds like a brand that i would like to follow because yeah, yeah. i love storytelling so and also because i'm gonna support y'all so and their co-directors are women so like they're damsels in detroit yeah and do it work yeah Yeah. okay (laughs) check out their instagram they have uh this uh the radical remedies videos Mm -hmm. are on there as well so those are actual detroiters telling their stories okay um their detroit stories and they're on it's easy it's on instagram okay i'm gonna look them up and follow okay Mm -hmm. um so two questions wrapped into one when you are looking for a client, like what are some qualities that you look for to make sure that you're even going to take them on? Because I know sometimes like if somebody hears you do social media, they really don't care about the base of the industry that you work in. They're just like, can you help me do my social channels? But for you guys to have an entire business based around this, like what would make you say yes, I'll take you on as a client as opposed to saying like maybe you guys are not the right fit or we're not the right fit for each other. And then how are you just staying sane and making sure that you're not going crazy managing social for umpteen other people? <laughs> uh, I think that this is how, when we talk about alignment and being blessed, we've honestly never looked for a client. They mm-hmm. all just somehow come to us. <laughs> I wonder. Um, and the, but the, the thing I think when we go through the process of like intake, mm-hmm. um, we, we don't bill in a traditional way that okay. um, social media, like some people might say, okay, we'll do this many platforms for this cost, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we we have a process of design and collaboration, like, and it depends on where that, that person is or what their business needs. Mm-hmm. So some of our clients need us to build out a structure that's going to help them to like do it themselves later on right okay so we it might just be us kind of introducing them to our process talking about the things getting some templates designed for them Mm -hmm. and then doing a month or so of their content so that they can then go forth and And prosper right um and then some of our clients need a lot of strategy design and Mm -hmm. support and like thinking about metrics and all like it's a very robust so it depends on what their needs are and what they want from their platforms Mm -hmm. some folks want us to grow their platforms yeah uh having that very candid conversation about what different strategies look like Mm -hmm. and how it's not always guaranteed. Right. Um, So I think that when it comes to folks that want to work with us, they want thoughtful um, and strategic approaches to their social media channels. And we can literally feel it in our intake conversations, Mm -hmm. right? Like if they're not down with our process, which might take a little longer, right. Um, Then 
you're probably not going to be down with the way we think about this work okay. um, and the way that we produce for you. Um, and I think that that is kind of how they get weeded out when they're not a good fit is mm-hmm. um, they kind of maybe don't vibe with the process or don't vibe with the cost because it comes with the cost, right? Like mm-hmm. Heather has been doing um, international PR for like a decade mm-hmm. and I've been, I have an MBA, like there, this is an educated group of women right. and like, we don't lower our prices. Mm-hmm. We give you and, and the clients that want to work with us for that rate, like then great. Then right. We can align. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you don't, I can maybe recommend you to someone yeah, else. Some, someone some else. other folks <laughs> that could do it in a different way. Yeah. yeah. We do need to like, I think that also efficient social media management, right? Like a lot of creative work takes time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes yeah. our clients are, are um, wanting things in a rush. Yeah. And so like, if we can build a team or a collective of people that are able to like, we might have a client that drops, they want a photo shoot in a week and mm-hmm. like, we're going to need a photographer. We're going to need uh, staging. We're going to need all a creative director, all this okay, stuff. Yep. Um, and we just need teams that can produce quickly. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, cause that quick turnaround is sometimes the stressor. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and we get those teams from community. Mm-hmm. Okay. Community mm-hmm. mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being value aligned when also when we consider our clients too. That yeah. was another thing that we consider mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Can't just take on anybody. It's like as much as I would love to help all of you. And I as so much as we want your money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just I just can't take it. I, I just, just and that's the other thing, like we're black women. We're mm-hmm. black queer women. I'm I'm queer. Um, Heather is not. But like there, we have a moral compass right. when it comes to how you present and talk about our communities, mm-hmm. when it comes to how you represent diversity in your media, when it comes to who you're paying to produce your media, mm-hmm. right? Like all of those things are questions that we get to ask. Um, and then we get to put people on, right? right? Like, and that folks that find value in that work with us. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love being able to like, recommend friends or people I know like whether it's people I've had on the podcast or people I've known for a while be like oh I know somebody that does x y and z like let me give you their contact information but that just fulfills me I think (laughs) that's like that's abundance right Mm -hmm. like the Mm -hmm. fact that we know folks that oh I know someone that does audio now you know like I know someone that hosts a podcast like Mm -hmm. these are things that um we can put other folks on yeah Mm -hmm. call me if you need me (laughs) (laughs) what would you say you guys is strengths are and then where do you lean on the other person Mm. jessica is amazing at project management okay and operations okay that is not my strength And I wish it was. Yeah. But I'm working on being more organized. But she is awesome at, like, delegating mm-hmm. these tasks and telling people what to do. Okay, I was about to say. And getting it together <laughs> and gathering all the girls. I was like, somebody got to tell somebody what to do She does. She gets in that. I, I say it's a, I feel like it's a typical thing I want to say for cancer women, because she's also a cancer. Yeah. They go into this thing called mom mode. <laughs> And it's like, (laughs) everybody, you do this, you here, follow this agenda. Nope, I didn't ask you to go over here. I need you to stick to this one task and, like, get that done. Bam. Like, just amazing. And then also, she's very, very articulate. Okay. I would, I would, very articulate. So sometimes, I'm very, I'm not saying I'm surface level, (laughs) but I, I I guess I can be a little uh, surface level in the way I communicate uh, ideas and a little bit more vague. 
She's yeah, fun. I'm fun. She has the energy. She's gonna I'm like make to things the real quick, <laughs> and she knows social mm-hmm. in ways that I do not. Okay. Like I, I am a checklist person. Like okay, <laughs> this needs to get done. Let's just get it done. Yeah. Whereas she will spend time picking the appropriate emojis, the perfect gifts. Mm-hmm. Like how are you going to animate this story and do all these things? Um, and so like that, and then that resonates with your audience, right? Like that resonates with different folks. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think that that's where, like, I, we always say, like, I do the copywriting. She does the copy editing. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I do the structure and process. She does the execution. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, it is kind of this yin and yang. Yeah. Um, and we always, she does the, she's the magnet and I'm the anchor. You okay. know, like, that's how we work as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that flow has been really great even as we bring on new people because then we're able to, like, okay, Jessica, you take this lead of, mm-hmm getting them organized and oriented to our process, right? Like onboard them. Heather, you take the lead of them actually getting the work done. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that 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 because we have different strengths, it allows us to be more efficient. Mm -hmm. It allows us to actually Mm -hmm. give ownership to your partner, right? Like I remember my first, first of all, I need a partner in everything. I know Mm -hmm. I need a partner in my life. I know Mm -hmm. I need a partner in my my wife. That's why I'd be a hot mess because if I'm doing things without my wife, I'm whatever. Um, <laughs> and my first business was a partnership too. Okay. Um, and so it was a, a boutique, an online boutique. And I, t- I did the social media mm-hmm. or the sales, the online sales. And she did the operations and the inventory management and all of those things. And I was always feeling inadequate because I wasn't okay. able to do the same things that she could. Okay. Right. Like I didn't have the inventory in my house. I didn't have, so like my imposter syndrome would, really freak me out okay and we would have conflict because i would try to control processes that weren't mine to control just because i felt inadequate right and so i think that when you can recognize the gifts and talents of your partners and the people who have been brought to your life Mm -hmm. and also recognize the things that you bring to the table you can like let go of stuff like there are things Mm -hmm. that i don't have to worry about because i know heather got it you know Mm -hmm. and so i think that that is what makes a really good partnership. Yeah. Also, I would say the fact that we just talk things out. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, we're not unreasonable people. We're not catty. We're not, like, um, rude. You know, we'll talk talk smack to each other. Mm -hmm. But it's, like... (laughs) Out of love. Yeah, I mean, it's a a love language thing. But, like, when it comes to any conflict or anything like that, it's like, okay, let's sit down real real quick. We're going to discuss this right now, you know, this is where you should have done well in. This is where I could have done well in. Okay, so what are we going to do going forward? Like, there's we have we have things to do. Like, mm-hmm. we cannot afford to be falling out or to... <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I mean the last... We cannot afford to, As like... As you said, falling out. <laughs> <laughs> we can't afford to be... Uh, to fall out or just to... Um, or just really just to to let uh, conflict just like sit there, you know. It's more so we have an issue. Let's get to it. Let's figure it out, mm-hmm. you know. If Jessica is like, if we're having a day of an event, you know, I have to. If she's like, you know, flipping out because her thing is like time management. She has things on a schedule. If it's not going right, like she's about to lose it. Mm-hmm. I gotta stay calm. 
Okay. You know, because I got to, it's okay, it's cool, right. let me make sure everybody else is cool, what mm-hmm. else, what can I do? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, also even knowing how to be that balance. I can't freak out if she freaking out. Right. You know what I'm saying? Even if I feel like I'm freaking out inside, I got to be like, okay, cool. <laughs> yep, I'm bothered, I'm good. Let me just check on, you know, do some other things or asking her, like, what can I do to help you? Like, mm-hmm. how can I help you get this done or ease your stress, you know? So yeah. I think just keeping that, you know, yeah. in mind as well. Yeah, and Heather's like strength is not freaking out actually. Okay, like she just cal- calm, cool, collected, mm-hmm. and I am, I guess what you would say a stereotypical Type A person is okay. like, this isn't going according to plan. I've, mm-hmm. I've learned. I think we've learned and adapted because so many plans have gone to the sh- like mm-hmm. when okay. you just do this. Yeah, that you just learn. Like, yeah, yeah, but and don't take it personally either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, because it's not you. not show up, and okay. then like the whole, you know, like, yeah. Like, okay, well now we got contracts, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah, we'll find a way to make it make sense. It's all good. I feel like I'm like a mixture of both of you because <laughs> um, I also make to do lists every day of like this is the stuff that I need to get done. But I think that I'm. I mean, I like to think that I'm calm. You would have to ask my friends. I'm sure they would say I'm a little dramatic sometimes, but I don't, it's only for like an extended, it's like 10 minutes, right? I just need to like get it off my chest and then I'll be like, okay. You just need your moment. Right. I just need my moment. Then I'm like, all right, what's the solution? Right. Let's, let's get it together. But that's good that you guys like balance each other out. Cause yeah, yeah, you both can't just be there like screaming. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. (laughs) I'm hyper, but like, then I'll, yeah. But for the most part, I'm like, all right, we just gonna flow this out. Yeah. 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 We'll be doing circles. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But I did want to make a comment about your mom mode. So what kind of mom would you say you are when you go into your cancer mom mode? Because me, mm. I feel like I'm the one that I like to ask a lot of questions. So I don't I don't like to feel like I'm like bossing somebody around or telling somebody what to do. Because I'm like, oh, but it hurt your feelings. So I'm always just mm. like, do you feel like you should do this? <laughs> I think it would be nice, you know, if we maybe tried this. <laughs> What do you think? <laughs> like, power of suggestions. Yes. <laughs> it, it depends, honestly, on the level of urgency of okay. the situation and whose show it is. Okay. Right? Like, if it's your show and, like, I'm just there to be a champion for you. Mm-hmm. I'm just there as a part. Like, I'm a, I'm a whatever. But mm-hmm. if it's something that I, like, plan, coordinated, and need to execute on, mm-hmm. um, then it I delegate. I need you to do this. I need you here. I need you here. I need this done. I need this done. Why isn't this done? Like Mm -hmm. I'm very much a, but I've managed large teams. Like that's what my train, like I have worked in hospitality and managed large Mm -hmm. teams for a while. And I know how to like, um, I know how to do it gracefully and nicely. I really, it's Heather and Cara that gets the real Jessica crap. Okay. But like other people, (laughs) I try to like, I try to I try to manage that. Yeah. Keep it a little tame. Mm-hmm. But I am I've been hearing my whole life I'm a boss. And mm-hmm. I, I mean like I'm bossy. Yeah. That's sure good though. Is. I mean, I feel like <laughs> I'm very clear. Yes. Very with clear. my expectations. Yes. You just know what you want. Mm-hmm. And like that's perfectly fine. Yeah. So yeah, I I definitely go by the power of suggestion. I just be like, well, I would do it this <laughs> way. <laughs> like I know, Don't you think? yeah. We um. So my before COVID, my brother and sister in law were planning a baby shower. Now, like, can you help us? And I just feel like whenever somebody asks me to help you plan a party, I don't care if it's like 
your 33rd, like it's not a milestone year or whatever. I just am like, okay, just know that you asked me for this. I'm giving you all of my suggestions. And they're like, I hate plastic tablecloths. Like, Mm. can I stand them? So I'm always just like, okay, here's some tablecloth rental places. Like, and they're like, no, we don't really think that's a big, and I'm like, you don't think, I'm like, think about the creases. Like, I'm just trying to like give you all of these, but like, nobody cares. Nobody I mean, I like those That's why it's yours. That's I know. It's yours. You can do what you want. Yeah. I have to, like, remember that sometimes. <laughs> like, everybody is not you. It's fine. <laughs> okay. So, last time we talked about project management um, platforms. So, if you guys don't mind, like, doing a brief rundown again of, like, what you use and how you stay organized. I think you said Trello. Yeah. Okay. So, Trello is our primary tool. Um, And that's what we use to kind of design out the prototypes of our content calendars. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also allows us to collaborate with both the like the client and our team. Right. Mm -hmm. So we can map out the strategy. We can color code things. We can have full blown conversations um, and it allows us to see kind of week by week what's being planned. Uh, We have used Asana with Mm -hmm. a client in the past. Uh, Heather didn't like us, but honestly, Heather didn't like Trello until she learned yeah. Trello, and okay. now she likes Trello. Now I like Trello. I'm on it every day. <laughs> yeah, and um, Slack. We've used yep. Slack with larger clients, mm-hmm. um, and um, the oh, Hootsuite helps us with oh, publishing yeah, and data, um, and then. Google like Docs. Yeah. Oh, like, my goodness. Like, yes. I am not good at saving stuff before. Like, I can't believe I was ever using Microsoft Word, like, solely to do stuff. <laughs> the version is so terrible. There are so many things that can go wrong. Your computer yes. could crash, and it's like, wow, you were just typing for hours, and your mm-hmm. shit is gone. And it's yeah. just gone. <laughs> gone. Just gone. They yeah. have it now where you can save to, like, a cloud if you have, like, some type of network. Guess if, yeah, if you have a network, like, you can save to a cloud, though, but still. Yeah. Mm-mm. Google Drive me, please. Yeah. yeah. Google Drive. Everything. <laughs> um, so you both obviously are strong activists within the cannabis industry, um, really working to decriminalize and destigmatize because as we talked about before, there's so many things that people, like assumptions that people have, things that people still don't know, even though the information is available. I think it could be like a generational thing or mm-hmm. just depending on the type of household you grew up in. Mm-hmm. But what are your personal relationships with weed? Um, you guys can talk to me about your cannabis coming out stories. Um, maybe, I don't know, just how how it's helped you. I want to hear everything. <laughs> I smoke every day. Okay. Um, <laughs> just about, I mean, actually I do take, um, I, I am intentional, uh, um, when I, so I'm intentional when I'm like, okay, so here's how it goes. I wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. I'll smoke when I do it correctly, wake okay. up, smoke, yoga, meditation, affirmations, okay. and then journaling. And then like, that, like the self-care part and then everything else but i find out when i don't smoke in the morning mm-hmm. um my day is kind of like a little squiggly oh, line <laughs> versus when i do smoke um and then it's like okay i'm on i'm on point mm-hmm. jessica pointed out to me that i may have ha- i may have adhd okay. um so i've been using cannabis to kind of help me with that it helps me stay focused um 
where I used to just do like sessions back in the day. I mean, obviously can't do that now. Mm-hmm. More so, I'm not really big on like smoking with a bunch of people or just like getting high just for just for shits and giggles. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to curse me. No, you can, you can say what you want to say. Okay. <laughs> well, just you know, just to be just getting just meeting up and smoking just to be smoking. It's more like, no, am I smoking? Am I going to do some work? Am I going to be productive? Mm-hmm. Like with you know, with my smoke or with my high, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I mean, sometimes I do just, you know, smoke and chill. But mostly, you know, I try to use it to be, you know, productive. Uh, I have an elderly father, so it helps me manage my patience when I yes. do smoke. It's gotten to the point where he's like, did you smoke this morning? Because um, you're seeming a little irritable. Because you seem a little irritable. I mean, I could definitely control myself, though. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes when you're dealing with older people, yeah. you can lose your patience very yeah. fast. Um, that and then also just to help with like you know your cycle your monthly cycle yeah. when it comes to uh, when it comes like just medicating yourself using a topical mm-hmm. um, a topical or like you know smoking for that mm-hmm. uh, recently I have been using um, CBD topical CBD because like I uh, hurt myself you know in my um, I got like a bad massage and it kind of like oh. It was I don't like know, too deep did tissue. something, yeah, with yeah. the muscles. So it made it hard for me to want to practice yoga and, and just like smoking alone wasn't just helping it. So like, mm-hmm. it was able to, I was able to heal myself okay. again through that though. But I have a great relationship with the plant. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm intentional with it. Yeah, not a, and I share it too. Mm-hmm. I share, I share my weed sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. sometimes. <laughs> I started smoking. I think I was. It's interesting to me because I bought my first joint when I was 16. Mm-hmm. I was in high school. I had a 4.3 GPA. I was going to U of M on a full tuition scholarship. like, And I didn't smoke it. I like carried this joint around. I didn't smoke it because I was scared that it was going to jeopardize everything. Mm-hmm. right? Like I had been indoctrinated by D.A.R.E. Um, and told all of these things. And then when I went to college... Everybody was smoking. I would say, yeah. first of all, I was a college in Ann Arbor, right? Like, right. home of the hash bash. Like, mm-hmm. and so everybody around me was smoking. Um, and I was, it was when I was in college when um, affirmative action was repealed in okay. the state of Michigan. So as a, and also I had just come into like my racial identity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm biracial. So I grew up in a very white household. Okay. Um, I hadn't talked like thought about my race and how I presented in the world until I got to college. Um, And it was because they were having conversations about affirmative action. Mm -hmm. And I was a black girl from Detroit. Right. Right. Like from a single parent household. So the likelihood of me benefiting from affirmative action Mm -hmm. in that moment is very high. Um, And I was like stressed out feeling like I didn't belong there. I was struggling for the first time in my life in school. Like it was a really, um, and, and this is honestly when I got diagnosed with clinical depression okay. um, because I missed a final and my professor made me go to CAPS, which is counseling and psych- psychological. And they, they told me services and they told me what was going on. Okay. And so I, I smoked weed because it looked like and like people were doing it for relief. Right. And mm-hmm. I noticed that it did get me out of my head. OK. But I was doing it mostly for fun. Mm-hmm. I was just like um, doing it. Once in a while, I was very afraid of being photographed with. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I'm because I I was going into politics. I was like, mm-hmm. if I I will not be like you will not see a picture surface of me with marijuana. <laughs> like I'm gonna be a, and so that's the irony is that now 
part of my, I think, political leanings has a lot to do with advocacy <laughs> and <laughs> cannabis and like what that looks like. And I take a lot of pictures of me smoking. Now, yeah. So that's interesting. But uh, so I started smoking in college um, and I didn't actually start thinking about why I was smoking until my sorority sister, she was in L.A. She launched a company called um, The Apothecary. It's a high-end carrying case mm-hmm. um, for can of sewers is what okay. she calls oh, it. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she launched it, but part of her marketing pitch was her story of using, she was a executive in TV production, mm-hmm. and she was telling her story about using cannabis to treat her anxiety. Okay. And it started to click for me, like, oh, that's why I like this. This is what I've been doing. I've been self-medicating. I had, because I have this diagnosis, right, like I I struggle with mental illness, um, I hadn't found, like, antidepressant or anything that actually interacted well with my body Mm -hmm. because I also have digestive issues. Okay. Um, So cannabis has become... Um, an ailment like it's become an alleviant for my anxiety and my stomach pain so Mm -hmm. that's what um I I do I I smoke to like help me get out of my head Mm -hmm. um I smoke to help me manage my stomach pains because I get a lot of stomach pain um and I smoke recreationally Mm because it is like I would prefer that's another reason I slept in today because yesterday was Thanksgiving I'm hung over (laughs) off of like two (laughs) shots of vodka and like Mm -hmm. I don't have those same unless I eat. Unless you let me. I no recently. (laughs) I was like, man, if this is just how I'm gonna go, this is how I'm gonna go. I I, yes, but it was like homemade, so I didn't. I don't know how much was in there. It just Mm -hmm. I'm like, this tastes like a chocolate chip cookie. Like yes, Mm -hmm. I'm about to. It was bad. I was just like in there. I felt like I was literally watching a movie of myself, just like putting on lotion and like I don't. I I was like cooking, and then that's when it like kicked in. It hit you, and then I was eating, and I was like, "Wow, this shit is so nasty." I'm like, "This food is not good." So I was like, "It tasted salty to me." So then I kept putting like pepper in my bowl, and then my chest just started burning, and I was like, "This is too much." I'm like, damn, people really be high like this. Like, this is too much. Yeah, I do uh, not like it. That, I do not like mm, being mm. super stoned. Oh, my I God. Like, I, part of my journey, I've started documenting how much I consume. So okay. Heather and I, if we're going to work, we will take a couple puffs of a joint, and mm-hmm. it helps us be produ- productive and focused and get the work done. Okay. Um, I smoke at night. I take a couple puffs. Like, a joint literally lasts me about a week. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I've been, you know, like, paying attention to how much I consume. Okay. I do I do have a higher tolerance with edibles um, because I eat edibles more. I prefer edibles. Okay. Um, but I, I would say I dose at like a 10 milligram, 20 milligram, sometimes 25. Okay. Um, but some things that are like in the hundreds or hundreds and fifties, like oh. that, Mm-mm. that will, f- it feels like a train wreck. Yeah. It feels like mm. you you wake up hungover. For yes. real. Yeah. I had to cancel everything the next day. Meetings. Yo. I was like, I, I can't do this. I was so sad. I was like, kept like laying down. And I'll wake up five minutes later. Like, I went to sleep for an hour. No, you didn't. You literally just laid down. <laughs> Your eyes were just closed for three minutes. Please relax. Yo, that was, that was me and Jess. Like, maybe was that like a month ago? When we had that food with Gigi. When she had, Gigi had made this bomb 
paella and I forgot. Like we was just oh. smashing, and I <laughs> it forgot was, it yeah, was all this seafood in it. You, oh, yeah, like don't smack the next that day. I love like yeah, I love sweets. Of course, I'm about to eat all of this. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's what, start low, go slow, slow, dose at like five milligrams, okay. um, take a bite and wait, and wait 30 minutes to an hour and a half it could take. It depends on your metabolism mm-hmm. and it depends on how they do the infusion. Okay. Um, yeah. Don't. And that's what my, my wife, we went to Amsterdam and mm-hmm. the first time she had an edible, she, it was a moon pie um, and she ate it. And I was like, don't like, I, I didn't take edibles at the time because mm-hmm. I knew what they did. <laughs> and she was like, um, don't, she was like, I don't feel it. So she ate the whole thing. What I would tell you, we were on a houseboat and when I woke up, she was like, <laughs> Like she was like on the middle of the floor. It felt like the boat was rocking. Yeah. She was like trying to force herself to throw up. She was like, I'm dying. I'm literally and I was like, You can't die from weed. Meanwhile, I'm on my phone, like, can you die from weed? Like, I didn't I didn't because she was it it's not a fun experience. Yeah. I, no. I, I was definitely it's Googling stuff like what is psychosis? Like how long is this gonna last? And I ended up on Reddit and that's the worst place to be oh when you're like God. going through stuff because everybody's story was just so different. And I was like, she said she was high for 16 hours. This person said 36. And I'm like, well, what about me? It depends it on your a, metabolism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was um, a rough time. One of my friends was for three days. Oh, yeah. Pajama after pajama. She ate the potatoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awful. Not. I would be messed up too. The, the potatoes. She was mad. Yeah. I'm not about to turn down potatoes. What kind of like what form? There was hash brown. She made the so Enid. She made a infused breakfast bar. So it was like Dang. pancakes and and it's she does a good job microdosing. So okay. most of them were most of the milligrams were in the sauces, okay. right? So like jellies and jams. Mm-hmm. But she infused the potatoes. And uh, our homegirl did not know she like got was misinformed. Yeah, she was up. misinformed <laughs> and just for three days she like slept at my house till like eight o'clock the next day in the evening, and then she wow. went home. We continued to sleep, and she's like, "I can't go to work." Yeah, <laughs> we couldn't go to work. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We yeah, we forced <laughs> ourselves out of it. Dang. Yeah, I hate being uncomfortable high like that. Yeah. But when you are high like that, you um chew black peppercorn to bring the high down. Okay. Um, well, why and, wasn't that working for me? Because I was I putting know, fresh black like, peppercorn in there. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But see, and that I don't know. I guess it really just depends on the person too. Yeah. Because also, you so we can take CBD to bring it down though. But okay. that doesn't always happen okay. with people as well. I think when you just get high like that, you just need to be like, all right, I have to wait this out. Yeah. Turn on some TV because TV is like comforting for in a way mm-hmm. when you're high just having some other noise in the background and some people yeah um turn on the tv and really just like all right i'm gonna just chill <laughs> and drinking water yeah oh yeah my mouth was super no dry. mango no mango mango gets you higher oh hmm that's yeah interesting it's, the terpenes it's the terpenes so if you look myrcene is the terp is the same, it's the aromatic within the plant, okay. right? So the same things that are pulled from essential oils and uh-huh. things like that, um, the terpings, they're in cannabis flower as okay. well. Mm-hmm. So like myrcene creates an effect with other cannabis that like gives you this um, feeling of being more high. Mm-hmm. For some folks. Okay. Again, our bodies are all different. Right. That's why it's a really hard um, yeah. 
because like the way that it interacts with your endocannabinoid system might be different than the way that it interacts with mine. Right. Like Kara, for the first few months that she was smoking regularly, she would say that like sativa made her sleepy. Okay. Um, and sativa is usually like this. The upper like, makes yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it would depend on like the terpenes that are in there. Okay. Right? And all those things. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Yeah. There's so much we don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jess, you recently spoke at the city's adult use marijuana ordinance press conference. That was about a month ago now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to know, I know the video is up on your Instagram and I'm sure people can go back and watch it, but can you like give a brief little um, recap of like what you talked about and yeah. Yeah. So Detroit just, passed our Mm -hmm. city council just passed the adult use ordinance which means that recreational marijuana will be coming um to our city uh hopefully they'll start accepting applications in february okay maybe sooner um but what that means and in the way that the ordinance is written it's written to benefit what they call legacy detroiters Mm -hmm. and legacy detroiters are folks that have lived in the city 15 out of the last 30 years or um and 15 out of the last 30 years, and you've had lived here for at least the last two years consistently. Okay. Um, and then there is, uh, you can qualify for a legacy Detroiter status if you've lived here for 13 out of the last 30 years, and you qualify as low income. Okay. Um, and then you can qualify as a legacy Detroiter if you lived here for 10 out of the last 30 years, and you have a marijuana-related conviction. Okay. So what they're trying to do is create opportunities and pathways for legacy Detroiters, you know, your typical Detroiter, um, to get into the cannabis market Mm -hmm. um, and start owning their own businesses. Um, And so I spoke as a legacy Detroiter. Mm -hmm. um, I told a little bit about my story um, and and kind of that whole process is interesting because I I thought that I wanted a micro business and a social consumption lounge. Mm -hmm. Um, And after talking to more of my mentors in the industry and learning more about like what's possible. Uh, the vision has grown. Okay. Um, but I think what has really fueled me is the fact that like folks aren't going to do things that they don't know is possible. Right. And so I know that like with my level of education mm-hmm. and the connections that I've been able to make, um, I think that I'm going to be able to create something, mm-hmm. um, something magical um in cannabis in detroit for detroiters and so like my hope is that um i can become one of the first um legacy detroiters to have access to this industry to own i'm going after a social consumption retail and cultivation um and kind of show the model of what's possible as Mm -hmm. a detroiter because this industry is not easy to get into the capital requirements are crazy Mm -hmm. and um and the like regulation that you have to navigate constantly. Um, so it's, it's not easy. Uh, and I'm, ex- I'm excited to kind of like have the opportunity because of this ordinance, right? right. Like that ensures that folks like me get access mm-hmm. and then to partner with a lot of really great people who want to see, see that pathway being created. Yeah. So do you know where people can go or are they accepting applications now or they should be open up in February. Okay. Um, and that will likely, I don't know the exact where it will be hosted, but mm-hmm. if you have questions, I would start with James Tate's office. Okay. okay. That's really good though. That's a great 
opportunity and I hope more people, especially like around our age group, will take advantage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of tired of seeing these white people take yeah. advantage of this and not receive like I don't know. I mean, we definitely could go into detail about that again, just how like it's perceived in our community and how there are consequences for people using or selling or whatever. But then you get on like TV and see on TLC, like there's a little docuseries about Mm -hmm. a white man with a dispensary. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's not, I don't want to see that. Right. Right. When it is, it's absolutely unjust. We've been disproportionately impacted Mm -hmm. by the war on drugs. We're more likely to be profiled. We're more likely to be criminalized and we're more likely to be barred from other opportunities, Mm -hmm. including education. Right. Um, And, and historically in black and brown communities and indigenous communities are the ones who, this is our culture. You right. Know, like this is medicine that has been leveraged for centuries. So you've criminalized our culture, mm-hmm. disproportionately criminalized us for its use and its distribution. And now you have multimillionaires benefiting from that. Right. Yeah. Right. Like there has to be, there has to be some, something mm-hmm. done. Like it's, it's terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to switch gears and talk about Copper House, which is, because that's why you were handling some business with them before you came. Um, but it's the city's first cannabis bed and breakfast, and it is located in your home just on the west side of the city. Um, so you do, like, overnight stays, breakfasts, and events. But can you talk about why you started it? I know it's you and your wife running it. And also, again, just how you feel having people in your home all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so... It started, I knew that I wanted to have, like, an Airbnb situation. Mm -hmm. I wanted to, like, make money off of my home. Since we traveled abroad and we rented Airbnbs, um, and I was like, this is a way to turn your home into an asset, right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is how you can start generating, like, and also if you're doing a, you know, we bought a house that's kind of a Mm -hmm. fixer-upper, so we also have a way to pay for those fixer-uppy things. Um, and write them off because it's a business expense. Mm-hmm. So um, it it was kind of, it was an idea that was always in the back of my head, but never something that I actually spoke on. Um, and I got a lot of experience in hospitality and building community and pace, place based community building, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we moved home, um, I I knew that I wanted I wanted a bed and breakfast. I I want like a cool mansion like. That we can just turn into, have like a community garden, have a community mm-hmm. space, have a community kitchen. That's like something that I want. Um, and I was like working towards that. But then some things happened in my life and and I was like, well, what can I do with what I have? Mm-hmm. And that's like my main mantra to help me keep going is like use what you have. What right. do you have? We have a house with two spare bedrooms mm-hmm. um, that is... Uh, pretty sizable that we can just start prototyping and see what we can learn. Um, and so that's where we um, we just started launching the first iteration. We had, like, one room had a double-stacked air mattress. Okay. Like, it literally was oh, just it was an air mattress. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the next... <laughs> the next... And we, you know, like, we hosted guests out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we had... And then it, it was summer and we didn't have air conditionings in one of the rooms and like mm-hmm. that we hosted in that. And so like for us, it was about 
filling a need in the community, right? Mm-hmm. Like people are traveling and they're looking like when you smoke, when you travel, you want to smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not currently like hotels. There are bed and breakfasts. There are homes, private residences that do allow smoking, but we were just kind of filling a need in the community and, mm-hmm. and learning what we could about hospitality. Um, and since then we now have kind of like our package. So we have a content producer package where you can, if you are an influencer or a brand and you want to make lifestyle like photography, Mm -hmm. you can come in and have a place where you can consume cannabis and get those shots. Um, we have an overnight package for two people, um, which is a spare bedroom. You have a a place to stay. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a locked room. You get a coded locked entry, um, you can, you have full access to the space. You can add on a bundle of wood. If you want to have a fireplace, mm-hmm. um, setting, you can bring in a caterer. If you want to have a catered meal, okay. um, we are just building a partnership with a massage therapist so we can bring in a massage therapist to, mm-hmm. for folks. Um, and so there's that overnight package and we can kind of curate whatever kind of experience that people are looking for. Um, and then we have an intimate dinner package, which folks are doing for, um, their birthdays, We've, we're not taking um, those right now mm-hmm. because of COVID and we haven't built out our outdoor space um, for the winter. But we t- typically that's like eight people. You can get a catered dinner, a sit down mm-hmm. dinner at a table and it's infused and you get five hours of space. Um, and sometimes it'll be like you have like a fire where y'all just sit around the fire. Mm-hmm. You can like just do little things um, and have a cozy space to do that with friends. And then we have the party package. So that's like up to 30 people mm-hmm. um, and you get full access to the entire space. Um, so th- I think that it's it's an idea that mm-hmm. I want to grow um, and I've been able to grow it with what I have. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's what brings me the most pride um, about it. And in terms of having people in my home, for me, I've met the people that I've needed to meet in the yeah. industry in my living room. So, like, okay. I see the benefit room. of having in the dining room, right, mm-hmm. like, around my, my dining room table. Um, so the benefit is endless, right? Like, when people um, – we've kind of created a, a hub in the cannabis community. Mm-hmm. And so when people visit, they want to come and see the Copper House. They want to do – you know, so I've created a, a space of attraction that's attracting the things that I need. My wife is a Capricorn and <laughs> has more. How yeah, she likes yeah, them. she wants more boundaries. Because um, I'm always like, you know, this. She has a little din that is like her video game din. Okay. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, this robe could be transformed into another bedroom. <laughs> you know, she's like, no, you've invaded my space. <laughs> so we're like currently remodeling the basement into mm-hmm. a studio that will um, host eight people. So we can do like bachelorette parties and okay. things like that. Um, but that's on the horizon. Yeah. And it is constant cleaning for guests. Yes. So like that's what I was doing today. Mm-hmm. And I still didn't finish everything. <laughs> cleaning takes time. I've just started to outsource now because I cannot. And I actually need to make my next appointment because they're doing a 50% off Black Friday. So, Ooh, so Who's Detroit made. Are they good? I like them. Okay. Yeah. Do they come to the suburbs? Yeah. They do. They do. Mm-hmm. 50%. So, I know. And the cleaning is like one twenty. Well, every time I booked, they've had some type of promo. So I haven't paid over $100 for them to clean my place for like two hours. So mm. I would say check it out because yeah. it's worth it. But <laughs> yeah. 
Would you open up more locations or you think you just want to do the one for now? I, I'm interested in having different campuses. Okay. Um, the, the legal stuff that you have to navigate, there has to be someone living there. Yeah. So, um, I, I wouldn't want to live in multiple locations. Yeah. So we would, but I do think that, um, you know, I worked in, uh, residence education mm-hmm. in colleges for like an RA model. Like how can we create a bed and breakfast arrangement, give someone like free living space for them to kind of manage the property and okay. do that. Like that's, that is actually something that I've been thinking about. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. I want to turn my house into an extension. <laughs> Let's be, do it. It'd be a nice one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have enough space just yet. It's literally a one bedroom, one bath. So it'll be <laughs> quite like, here's my couch. <laughs> Here, it's a comfy couch, though. I take many a naps on that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, So you guys just hosted Curvy Cannabis, and it was virtual this year. Mm-hmm. How did it go? It went really well. Okay. That was our first time actually uh, producing that type of, uh, we we turned, <clears throat> it was a summit okay. this year um, and everything was virtual. And it was our first time actually producing a Zoom webinar mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. for okay. Lao because Justice has, has had um, experience doing it in the past. But it was our first time doing it and I thought it went really well. Mm-hmm. Um, sponsors were great. Um, wish we had more of an outcome. Okay. But we had a good turnout. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, people left feeling very, I will say, confident in uh, having a new healing practice. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think that it was a space to learn about different healing practices, specifically from a fat body perspective, mm-hmm. right? So I think that when we talk about movement in the body a lot of times the language that we use is centered on weight loss Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so like you do these things so that you can lose weight because that's the only thing that we should be using to measure our health right and what the conversation was for um was to have conversations about healthy movement right Mm -hmm. because movement in your body is so good for right stress relief Mm -hmm. for we talked about sex and Mm -hmm. pleasure right like um and so it was really centered on the experiences of folks in larger bodies um, and from the perspective of people in larger bodies. Mm-hmm. And I think that just that representation about what um, healing and wellness can be from a perspective that's not just only around weight mm-hmm. loss, um, I think that that was novel for yeah. the for the, the community that did convene. Um I wish, yeah. So we had our mailing list grew really quickly, um, but the I think people are zoomed out. You know, like yeah. people are yeah. like, I don't want to sit on another. And honestly, that was probably one of the most proud things from is that there were people who have not participated in any Zoom thing because okay. they just are like, I'm not doing that. And they're like, oh, this made me realize I can and it's cool. You okay. know, like it's fun. So I was like, okay, that's cool. I introduced you to a new way to connect with community. Um, and, and they yeah, stayed. they stayed. They the stayed. Whole time. They stayed the whole time. Mm-hmm. One thing, uh, one quote that came from uh, one thing that one of the panelists said uh, during the summit was, "Don't compliment me on my body. Compliment me on my energy." Mm-hmm. And that really put a lot of things in perspective for me, mostly because I, I don't identify. I'm not fat. I don't identify as fat, as fat or curvy in mm-hmm. that way. But um, when I 
in the past when I've complimented uh, people about their weight, it's been like, oh, my God, girl, you look so good. You lost weight. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, what if I'm that's not, you know, that's right. not really what it is. That's not necessarily a compliment mm-hmm. to me or uh, well, to a woman, a curvy woman or a woman who identifies as fat. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily a compliment. Like you don't need to compliment on my body weight. You don't need to say anything about me losing weight or anything like that. What if I don't want to lose weight? Right. Or and honestly, to be to be fat, what I've also learned is to be fat does not necessarily mean that you are not healthy mm-hmm. at the same time to recurve that doesn't mean you're not healthy so that put in perspective for me as someone who um who works closely with um women who identify as such as how to um not like best ways to compliment them or ways to, to interact mm-hmm. with them without being offensive right. you know and i don't think we think about that too much because like as just said like we were taught to think about um uh, losing lo- losing weight and not being uh, being fat is not beautiful mm-hmm. and not it's not glamorized it's nothing sexy or nothing about it but it is yeah and you you know you find more ways to do that and right. take pride in in your body and love yourself in that yeah. when society tells you otherwise mm-hmm. so, yeah. it's definitely important to have those conversations i think because yeah i mean the narrative is so messed up and has been for a while like i can remember like i've always you know, had meat on my bones, as I like to say. I've never mm-hmm. been, like, thin. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this is my body. So I just remember being, like, a kid and, like, being extra chubby and, like, going to the mm-hmm. doctor and, like, him making me feel uncomfortable about yeah. my, like, mm-hmm. okay. And I remember telling my parents, like, yeah, we not, I need to find a new doctor because I, I can't with this one. <laughs> but, like, I think mm-hmm. just it's hard to unlearn those things. So I feel like when you start those conversations like earlier on or just surround yourself with people, you know, whether you identify or not, it, it definitely helps you, like you said, to navigate those different spaces because everybody is not going to look like you. And like, Mm -hmm. what if somebody, you know, either gained or lost weight because of health reasons, like what if they're sick or something? So you really don't know when you say those types of things, like what kind of triggers you're pulling or Mm -hmm. what kind of emotions you're making that person feel. Mm -hmm. So Yes, all about body positivity over here. (laughs) So I love that you guys are hosting that event annually. So whether it's on Zoom or in person, it's necessary. (laughs) Um, So what would you say has been the biggest lesson thus far with the work that you all are doing? I know that's a hard one. (laughs) I think um, when you do anything creative, right, like you're putting your self and your vision um, out there for the public to respond to it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I think for me, I have used outside external validation as ways to measure my, like, success for most of my life. It's always been like, okay, I'm going to get these good grades, but mm-hmm. that I want to be this recognized for this level or I want to do these things I want to be recognized in this way um but social media you don't know when you're gonna pop like mm-hmm. literally you can post something and it goes really really well and right. then you you're like okay so this is the this is the formula right like I'm gonna replicate this formula and keep going mm-hmm. um and then you know it it doesn't and then you're like dang so this isn't this isn't being received in the same way so for me it's been about just continuing to create for what you believe is right, mm-hmm. even if it's not always well received or you don't get the recognition that you want and, mm-hmm. and being persistent in that that vision. Right. So like it hasn't slowed down every 
like right now we're moving into blazing silence now, you know? So like we are constantly having conversations and creating content and, um, doing work. Uh, even if it's like not necessarily getting us 3 million followers in, Mm -hmm. in a day, you know? Um, and that has been, uh, something that I, I think I needed personally, uh, in order just to feel good about what I'm doing without that external validation. Okay. That's good. Um, and like, I don't know, social can be hard anyway, just cause you're comparing yourself constantly, even when you're somebody, which I feel like I, I'm pretty good at not doing that. But every once in a while you'd be like, dang, well, I posted my picture at the same time as this person and it didn't get as much engagement. Like right now we're like fighting this algorithm and fighting to make sure that people are seeing our content. So it's just a game, yeah. <laughs> like, like a cat and mouse type of situation, mm-hmm. but I think for uh, with social media, I feel sometimes I, well, I'm actually not on Instagram. My personal is not on Instagram okay. right now. I'm not personally on there. Um, I sometimes struggle with feeling obligated to be on there and to post. And I knew that was affecting my mental mm-hmm. health um, before I and I had to get off of it before like it spiraled before it went anywhere you know yeah. because you're losing followers and then people are like why didn't you respond did you see us into this and like sometimes mm-hmm. just being overstimulated to overstimulate you got emails text messages coming in mm-hmm. you got uh shoot notification was that my phone no. Oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> just, all right because I turned it on so, so you got like a little shake or whatever um but even those I like hate being obligated to that yeah um but I will also say one of the biggest lessons I don't think it was a, a big lesson I think that um just like realizing that yo you're gonna be okay you're gonna mm-hmm. be good like everything and Jess and I are big on this and we always say to each other like we help each other believe in each other's magic mm-hmm. um everything is aligned like if you want something you put it out there it's gonna it's divinely aligned. Everything's gonna happen in divine timing. Like mm-hmm. that's why I don't be flipping out sometimes. It's like it's gonna be all good. It's gonna work out. You know, there's always gonna be some. You know to expect. Like any journey that you you're on, you're gonna you know automatically that there are going to be some obstacles. Mm-hmm. So when they come, it's just like okay, here's an obstacle. All right, we're we gonna go through it, around it, over it, under it. However, we're gonna get through it. We're just gonna you know we're mm-hmm. gonna face it. You know, um, but being being okay with the, knowing that there's a, those are th- those la- those things are going yeah. to necessarily happen, and then just being, I think we always stopped and um, realized like, wow, this is really happening. Like, is this really happening? This is happening, but it's like, yes, it is happening, and it's okay that it's happening. And you mm-hmm. wanted this to happen, and you asked for this, and walk in that truth and be happy about that. You know, I mean, what mm-hmm. else would you be? What else would you be doing? You could be doing something else, but now you're doing something that you love. Right. You're getting recognition for it, and it's aligned in your core values and everything else that you stand on. So mm-hmm. um, believing in that magic, I would say, for sure, and being okay with that. Yeah. Good answer. Um, new Year is coming up. Mm-hmm. Do we have any goals, whether it's, like, personal or for loud social? What is something that you are manifesting for 2021 i uh i want to launch a collective of cannabis businesses run by legacy detroiters okay i want um to have 
be working towards uh, grow. I want to be working towards a social consumption lounge. I want to be working towards um, a retail. And I would like to get into law school f- with a full tuition scholarship. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's all going to happen. Thank you. Yeah. But I receive it. Yes. Wayne State. Call. Wayne State. Yes. <laughs> WSU, my alma mater. <laughs> oh, man. Um, those first same, same goals. I mean, we're working on it together. So basically that. Um and an admin. <laughs> and yeah, admin. Um, I haven't gotten to that point yet. Okay. I'm still thinking about what we're about to talk about on this retreat that we would like to have at towards the end of the year. Okay. Um, but yeah, I haven't. I kind of just make it. A, I have goals, but I kind of still just make things up as I go along, yeah. like what I want to do next and just kind of accomplish uh, that. But for sure... I have my own personal goals, but sometimes I don't really, I don't, business-wise, I have the the ones that Jessica shared about, mm-hmm. like, launching the cannabis ones. Um, but personally, I have this thing about sometimes announcing stuff, and you kind of create a certain energy around mm-hmm. it, and it ends up not happening. Right, or so, change, you change your mind. Or I change and, my mind, or mm-hmm. people are asking about it or holding you to that. So it's more so like, okay, we'll just wait and yeah. see and pop up and see what I do next. Keep them Mm-hmm. I understand that. Yeah, I haven't really thought about my personal ones either. Yeah, I don't feel like they usually don't come to me until like that last week in December, and then I'm like, that sounds cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's write that down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do well, want to add in though. I looked up our 2020 goals though. Oh, oh, okay. Wait, what's on it? <laughs> we're gonna well, develop we a lot. product lines, and we did three. We did the product lines. We're gonna have affiliate program participation, mm-hmm. and we have two okay. yep we wanted to develop an influencer marketing program and we develop intimate arrangements yeah we did we wanted to have events mm-hmm. and we've had events we've had mm-hmm. them and then we wanted to travel and we did travel in february but you know 2020 <laughs> yeah. is right yeah it wasn't yeah at this point traveling from your bed to your bathroom <laughs> is a trip so um. <laughs> I, that's that's what you said the product line yeah that would be the goal then for next year to yeah. get that because you're going to be in law school and that yeah, needs we need to, to make money without labor without labor <laughs> With yeah labor. that's yeah. that is again and so that will be the thing to discuss <laughs> in the retreat <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we gonna launch uh everybody smoke everybody smoke oh Which i wish I you guys like, could see that I yeah it's so cute is there something on the back too or no, no, nothing okay. on the back. You think there should be? I think or the, on I the arm or something. Yeah. Oh, that would be right cute. You could do a variety of like, one, like some on the sleeve. Yeah, yeah, some on yeah, the sleeve. Something like on the sleeve. Something yeah. See, that's why I don't know. Yeah, we can get to that. <laughs> this is the prototype, though. You need prototype. a prototype to get feedback. Yeah. Now look what we got. Now, mm-hmm. yeah. Facts. <laughs> but Facts. I like the black with the pink. Yeah. yeah. I like that. It's not supposed to be pink. It's supposed to be like cognac. Oh. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Okay. I still <laughs> like that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pink and cognac. Okay. Those are the colors. Yeah, Noted. Really like the nude. Kirby yeah. Um, yeah. I can see both on black though. Yeah. The okay. cognac or the cognac sweater with Ooh. black. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. I give good feedback. I feel like so. If you I ever mean, you do. Your attention to detail <laughs> is so great. <laughs> Which non creasing tablecloths. <laughs> Thank you. I can't. I cannot. <laughs> yeah, but you don't do paper or plastic cups or regular cups. 
It de- so it depends on how many people are at my house. Okay. Um, but I had like a wine tasting party for my birthday last year, and so I was like, well, I don't want people drinking wine out of like red cups. So I went to Amazon and got like plastic stemless wine glasses, <laughs> and that made me feel better. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if it it's was like important. just y'all, the experience is important. The experience is important. Yeah, the experience is. is important. I'm like you can write your name on it. You can take it home if you want to. Say yeah. you were at my birthday party. But yeah, it's the details always. Yes. Um. Second to last question is: What does it mean for you all to be damsels in Detroit? What was the def this <laughs> right? <laughs> what was the definition? I of remember this. It was. I remember we talked about we a did. damsel is often associated with someone in distress yes. that needs saving. Yes. Right? Yeah, they gave such great answers. Yes. Right. <laughs> but the to me, being a damsel in Detroit can mean that you can touch into your femininity, but also be be independent and able to to um. To navigate things on your own mm-hmm. and create on your own. Because Detroit is about creation. Detroit is a city that has literally created and reinvented itself mm-hmm. constantly. And so being a damsel here is about being creative and independent, but also it being okay if you do need some support and mm-hmm. love. You know, like we can be together. You can, you can lean in. Yeah, <laughs> always leaning tap in. Tap in. <laughs> <laughs> tap 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 what right. was the definition of damsel again so a damsel literally just means a young woman um a young unmarried woman i guess i should say but you know black people we like to take words and you know <laughs> yeah. give them new meaning so i took out the unmarried part because i have had married people on the show obviously okay. like today <laughs> yes. um but basically it just means a young woman a young woman in detroit mm-hmm. a young woman in detroit um I, what's coming to mind powerful um, I feel like Detroit women, we just boss bitches, like mm-hmm. by by uh, um, location, <laughs> <laughs> not DNA, but by location. Not by lo- yeah, like when you first move here, you, you, it's like when you move into a new city or like New York City, you just got to get to that hustle and that grind, otherwise mm-hmm. you're gonna be left behind. Detroit you know? is a hustle. Yeah. yeah, it's like you, it's in you. You can't, you can't. It's like you always are trying to hustle, and I think our men know that here too. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to femininity. Um, I mean, watching some videos on femininity on YouTube, and I know a lot of them, uh, the men, they say, like, they don't like women that are, like, bossy and, like, business and stuff like that um, or just all into their career, which makes sense, but... I feel like no, I don't. Detroit, well makes sense <laughs> for some of the men that were that were saying that for like based off their background it made sense, um, but I think that the men here I think they like boss bitches I think that we're known to be boss bitches I think we're known to like like what we like we like the finer things we like furs we like leather we like gators we like cardies we like the best of what life can give us and we're willing to work hard for that regardless of um well I want to say well regardless of what we go through I mean depending on what kind of mentality Mm -hmm. you have but I think we're just we're just here trying to leave our mark leave a strong legacy behind and be dope Mm -hmm. like I think that's what it really means to be a damsel here in in Detroit if I say in distress (laughs) I hate that I hate that I'm conditioned to think damsel in distress like I'm not I don't want to be in distress that sounds really stressed out and unfun you're not that's why you came here with your fur on today that is right (laughs) (laughs) and her 
snake boots. Right. And, and my little off. snake boots and my little fur. You Literally, know, and again. And my snake skin purse. And my luxurious backpack with the <laughs> gold trim mm-hmm. and the set. And the yes. blue. <laughs> exactly. Damsel. Young woman. Boston. Yes. If you oh. ain't getting money, quit talking. Okay. <laughs> and lastly, where can people connect with you guys on social and on the web? And are you still taking in new clients or are you kind of pausing for the rest of this year? What? We always are taking new clients. That's right. Okay. <laughs> we always taking new clients. Um, uh, I'm not on social media. Oh, well, <clears throat> I'm not on Instagram right now, but uh, you can find our business page at Loud period social um that's and then on twitter it's loud underscore social on there too mm-hmm. um when i and then when i revive my instagram page she'll let us know i'll let y'all know yeah <laughs> <laughs> taking a break for now yeah the yeah. dms can get exhausting i have 300 unread messages in my oh, phone no. right now yeah. i can't do that uh, jessica can't do it <laughs> either she don't understand i get stressed out i'll be throwing the things I gotta have go 125 somewhere emails from today and i'm like how today how? So 135 emails do they all have mm-hmm. action items though because sometimes like you know some of them will no, be like... No, I know it's because it's Black Friday. Okay. I know that it's... Be- but okay. that drives me crazy. Like, okay. get on my inbox. Yeah. I have... I don't know why my mind works like this, but, like, in the promotions part of my email, I have, like, 10,000 and oh. all... Well, that's, like, people telling me, like, buy this. It's 40% off. And then some days I'm like, I, th- I think I can get through all of these. And it's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you you actually cannot. Like, that doesn't make sense. I don't know why I sign up for listservs because yeah. I delete all of them. everything. Mm-hmm. Um some days they do come through when I'm in a mood to spend money. Right. But, but every other day. <laughs> not right. That's what they're banking on. That one, that one, one day, day yeah. that one. That's why conversions are hope. so low. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I, this is the work I do. I know that yeah. <laughs> emails are not the way. It's mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can find loud at loud social and we, that's our website. So mm-hmm. it's loud dot social. Um, and uh, you can find me at I am just human. Uh, just as in J-E-S-S, um, human as in a human being. Mm-hmm. And I am on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find my button and breakfast if you're interested in staying in Detroit at Copper House D-E-T, Copper House Detroit. You should clarify that it's I am, because you know some people might put in I am. <laughs> I am, I-A-M, yeah. J-E-S-S-H-U-M-A-N. Thank you. well thanks y'all for coming out again (laughs) thanks for having us of course um thanks y'all for listening as always i want you to remember that detroit girls do it better and we will be back next week